welcome to the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host, Kara Drescher. Today on the show, I am talking with certified life coach and soon-to-be doctor of oriental medicine, Erica Sang. Erica and I are talking about all kinds of things related to oriental medicine, alternative health. We're talking about experiences with multiple miscarriages and pregnancy and birth. We have a really interesting episode ahead for you, and I think you'll be interested to learn all about what Erica the Hammer Sang has to say. So stay tuned. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so excited to talk with you and hear all about these awesome things that you do. Thank you so much for having me. It is my absolute pleasure. Um, There are so many different things to talk about today. It's hard to know where to start, but I really think the the best place for us to start is to talk about the work that you are doing right now, um, the uh, work that you are getting into. Um, So tell me a little bit about this um, doctor of oriental medicine that you are working on, what that means, what it means to you, um, and and how you got to this point of interest in becoming a doctor of oriental medicine. Yeah. So um, it's actually funny. So my husband and I met right as I graduated college and his father was uh, a licensed acupuncturist in the state of California, but he had passed before we had met. So my husband was familiar with it. and I hadn't had any experience with it. So when I went to my undergrad, I did business. I started off pre-med and I really Mm -hmm. like medicine, but it didn't feel like a good fit. So I switched to business and then I worked in business uh, for a long time and then I became really ill. So I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. after like years of being sick and I can't take medicine. Like I'm that person that has really severe reactions to like everything like I take ibuprofen and I have like cramps and uh, I take other things like I just react very poorly so I tried uh like half a pill of the lowest medication and I just could not do it I was Mm. like hallucinating oh my goodness Uh, that sounds terrible yeah so it kind of left me with no other options um and so I was kind of just really stuck Mm -hmm. and so um I decided to, so I had to quit my job. I got so ill um, that I was having like colon spasms from Mm. stress. um, And I was just really not functioning well. I was like crying all the time. Uh, My fibro was flaring a lot. It was just a bad uh, situation. And so Mm -hmm. my doctor and my husband both were like, you just really need to quit. Like you're really hurting yourself. And so uh, I just quit my job like that day. What kind of work were you doing at the time? I was in a, a nonprofit um, helping adults and children with mul- muscular dystrophy. Oh. I was doing fundraising. Yeah. Um, but my boss at the time created a really stressful environment and I just hadn't had to work with someone like that before. Yeah. And so I was really bad at managing stress. Um, you know, I think that was my first real job moving here to the Vegas area too. Mm -hmm. So I did my undergrad in San Diego and my husband did his, or he was um, living in Vegas at the time we had met at the end of college and we Mm -hmm. dated long distance for a year and a half. And then I moved Good for you. Yeah. That is hard. (laughs) Yeah. It was really hard. So, um, I had moved here and then I had gotten, I did volunteer work. I did some other things and then I decided, uh, to do that. And I, uh, 
I was just so ill. So I just quit. And so I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I don't know if I can work full time in business, mm -hmm. managing a really stressful schedule. And so my husband, he's so supportive. He's like, what do you want to do with your life? And so I was like, you know, I really don't have medications as an option. Like, I'd like to look more into alternative medicine. Mm -hmm. So we went to the school that I went to. Um, it's the only one in the state. It, it's also the only like alternative medicine school, I'm pretty sure, because um, I was looking at like naturopathic schools up in uh, other states, uh, more like uh, Northwest area. And mm -hmm. so he's like, we can move if you want to move. Um, but why don't we go check out this school? Because it's right here. Yeah. And so I went to the school and I signed up and I hadn't had acupuncture done or like practiced it until I was like two years into the program. So mm. it kind of was like a blind leap of faith. That's kind of I cool, just knew though. that I wanted to do something and it sounded really good and it felt like a really good fit for me. So that's how I got into going to school for that. Wow. And then um, I just fell in love with it. But, you know, there's a lot of hurdles. I'm like super squeamish. So mm, I understand. <laughs> uh, we're like, you know, I, re <laughs> I remember my first class like sitting there and the teacher's like, okay, we're going to practice acupuncture. Like we're, you can use your arm. And there was another girl that was in my program who was a nurse and she was freaking out too. And I like <laughs> went home and I was like, I think I'm going to have to quit this program. And my husband's like, you've been in the program for like two and a half years already. You're <laughs> oh, more than man. halfway done. Like, are you, you can do it. And it took a while to get over it. And now I'm okay. So now I've, you That's know, great. but I was like that person that like, had to look away when I had blood taken. And I so it. Um, it was really hard, but that's how I, I fell into it. So I still reflect back and we talk all the time about like, oh my God, that's so crazy. Like, I cannot believe that I just like went into this program with no previous medical experience. And then also um, just like not even have tried it myself. I think that's kind of cool though, that you just yeah. felt like this is right. And yeah. that's really, really awesome to hear something like that, I think. Having yeah. that blind faith, it's just amazing. Yeah, it was a really easy yes. So. <laughs> that's always good. <laughs> I love hearing things like that. And, and I'm really excited to hear that, you know, I, I know what it's like to be squeamish. I, yeah. I've worked as a dental assistant. I've worked as a medical assistant. And... I just have to tell you, I can relate. You know, my dad was a dentist. He's retired now, but he was a dentist for like 40 something years. And I worked for him. And the first time he extracted a tooth, he had to tell me to leave the room because he saw me going pale and I almost fainted. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I worked as a medical assistant, I worked for a group of surgical oncologists who specialized in breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And one day we had a client who had a breast abscess and it had to be aspirated. And... We'll just not go into detail for us squeamish people, but the doctor, she looked at me. She's like, okay, Kara, why don't you go out in the hallway? And I was like, why? And I remember saying it like that. And she was like, you're yeah. about to faint, honey. Go sit. <laughs> and it was interesting because that, you know, kind of made me realize, oh, okay, maybe I don't want to go into medicine. I mean, I was yeah. 19 at the time, so I was pretty young. And it was just, nope, this is not for me. But like you, I got over it and was able to continue my job. So I just want to share that story because I understand squeamishness yes. and it's tough. <laughs> and, you know, with acupuncture, acupuncture is amazing. But when you're working with those needles, when you, you know, uh, uh, have the squeamishness, it's the only word I can think of right now, um, 
dealing with that. I th that's a huge leap to be able to uh, conquer that fear, if you will. So good for you. I think that's really, really cool. Um, Thank you. I wanted to ask you, because I know we talked before and you talked about some goals that you have when you are fully licensed, and that is to pursue some advanced training in fertility and pediatrics. So I would really love to hear more about that. I'm curious. Um, where that interest comes from um, and a, a little bit about kind of what kind of work you'd be able to do um, with in, in with fertility and pediatrics. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know if it came from like having children. I've always just been like very nurturing. So I've always taken care of like my cousins and I've always babysat other people's kids um, I've always just really liked kids. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for fertility, like when I started getting into medicine more and we, we went over things in school, um, I was just really drawn to, um, I think the uterus is really cool. Like mm -hmm. the cycles, um, it's, a, it's very complicated, like all the hormones and everything that goes, goes on with it. Um, so it's definitely like a different kind of, of medicine, I think, compared to the other fields. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely the specialty that I want to do. It's pretty common. Um, people do separate it into like fertility and pediatrics, but a lot of the times it is, it is combined. So, um, just personal experience, like in school, kids react really fast to acupuncture. They mm -hmm. react really fast to alternative treatments. Mm. Um, so even as like something as basic as we have something called like Twena, it's a pediatric massage. Mm -hmm. Um, they react really well to that. I have lasers that I use uh, with my kids because my, my kids don't like needles. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of studies to support that the lasers are just as effective as the needles. Really? So there's a lot of acupuncture tools like the cupping. We do like gua sha, which is like light, uh, almost like scraping of the skin. Mm -hmm. And uh, they react really fast. So you know they make for good patients too because you feel pretty successful when they're like, oh, everything's everything's cleared up. It's been one treatment. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, there's very minimal side effects or risks with alternative medicine too. So I think that that's a great option uh, for kids. Mm -hmm. And so I'm learning a lot uh, with my kids, you know, so I had my daughter, um, I got pregnant with her on accident, uh, my first quarter in school. Oh, and goodness. so I had, I had planned, I had planned not to have kids until I was done with the program. And uh, it was such a huge surprise. So um, <laughs> I went through the program uh, being pregnant and having her. And then I had my son toward the end of the program. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was neat to be able to, I don't like, I'm, I'm really not like aggressive. Like I don't experiment with the kids at all, mm -hmm. but it was nice to incorporate like some things um, for them that I really liked. Like some of the herbal formulas we use were really good when mm -hmm. they got sick or um, you know, the massage really helps and they really like it. So, uh, my daughter has my husband like massage her back before bed every single night now oh, using those like, uh, techniques. That's so awesome. <laughs> and then like for fertility, um, I think I originally wanted to do it because I really had enjoyed my experience. So uh, I got pregnant with my daughter on accident. My first quarter in the program, I had a really smooth, uncomplicated pregnancy um, her birth was great, like nothing, you know, so I just had a very good experience with it. And it was at the beginning of like my more like natural, like phase of my life. So mm -hmm. um, I used a midwife in a hospital setting. 
um, I did more as they would classify like crunchy things. So, <laughs> um, but not as, not as much as I guess where I am now. Cause I've learned more. Um, but I just really had a good experience. And so with fertility, um, just helping women a- achieve their goals. Cause I think that I saw that a lot is like Western medicine is amazing and it offers help, but usually like up to a point. Yes. So the people that are coming, they, they really have run out of options. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I had some pretty like complicated cases. And once you see those work and you're able to help people have a baby and, you know, like, uh, help them with that part of their life. It's really rewarding. Yeah. I mean, all my patients, I did some really awesome things were really rewarding. Um, but even just support with like Western medicine, I had a woman, I think she was like 43 and she had gotten remarried and her tubes reversed. Uh, she had a few failed IVF treatments. And mm. so, um, we did acupuncture. There's a protocol they do like immediately before and immediately after, but I saw her the day before she flew out cause she was getting it done in another state. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't see her again. And so uh, I guess she had come back. Uh, I had already graduated maybe, or I was on a different shift. And my my friend texted me and she's like, I think I had one of your previous patients and there's a baby now. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, and so like we, uh, you know, we weren't discussing it. So we're not using names or anything. Yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. I think this is your patient. And then I ran into her uh and I was like oh yeah I was like I helped make that baby (laughs) (laughs) that's so Um, awesome what a good feeling yeah it's really cool so um you know people they're able they either go the IVF route and they're able to conceive that way and the acupuncture is there for support or Mm -hmm. um maybe they're not a good candidate for IVF or something else is going on so we always look at the men too like um you know, what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. So if there's a problem with them, they're getting treated with acupuncture and herbs also. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's really cool to be able to have a a part in that and to help people. They're essentially like healing themselves. Like the acupuncture just tells your body what to do. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really empowering that they're able to participate in things like diet changes and um, being responsible for coming to their treatments. And their body is, is what is actually doing, you know, the work. The needles tell it what to do, you know, but it's really Mm -hmm. just activating the body to kind of heal itself. So cool. I love acupuncture so very much. I have a few friends who are super talented acupuncturists who just love what they do. When I went through IVF, which unfortunately did not work for me, but when I went through it, I had that IVF acupuncture protocol from one of my friends. She did it right before, right after. And it was awesome. I mean, unfortunately, my body just was kind of like, I don't want to do anything I'm supposed to do. But... (laughs) It was so beneficial anyway because I find acupuncture extremely surprisingly relaxing and that helped so much in the mental aspect of going through IVF for me. Even though I didn't have success, a lot of people do, even though I didn't, I did have that other aspect of just helping me process what was going on because I was able to relax in a way I hadn't been able to before. So I think that's that's really 
really neat. Um, in talking about infertility here for, for a minute, I want to talk a little bit more personally with you, if that's okay. Um, I know we had talked before, and you know, you had gone through a bit of an infertility experience yourself. Um, and I'd really love to hear a little bit more about that. If you wanted to share a little bit about that with our audience, what you went through and what your experience was with that. Yeah. So, um, so like I said, like my daughter was an accident. Um, she was actually, like, we, we laugh about all the time. She was actually like a one-time accident. Like, and I, I was like, oh, like I should, I should take plan B. And my husband was like, that's silly. Like, there's no way you would get pregnant. Like, and I was like, you obviously don't understand medicine. So, <laughs> uh, and I ended up getting pregnant. So, and, um, I'm so happy that we didn't decide to do that, but I was like, I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to get pregnant. And he was like, I don't think so. Um, mm. We're usually so, 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 so careful. So um, pregnancy was beautiful. Everything was fine. She came out perfect. Um, everything, you know, great. Uh, I think when she was about 18 months, we decided we wanted to add uh, another baby to our family. Mm -hmm. And I got pregnant on the, the first try again. Mm -hmm. uh, I just get pregnant super easily. And, um, and then it kind of just faded out and I miscarried. Mm. And so... My mom was like, I've had one of these, like it's statistically common for women to have them. Um, you know, it will be okay the next time. And so the next time comes around and I, I miscarried again. Um, same, same thing. Uh, I guess there's, there's probably like where it gets classified as like a chemical versus a miscarriage, mm, you know, that, yeah. that five week, uh, five, six week period. Um, I went to... I had, and then I had my third miscarriage. Mm. Um, the whole time I was getting acupuncture um, and I was able to get pregnant, but it wasn't sticking. Right. So I went to a really good gynecologist that I refer out to all the time because I think she's amazing. And she took like 18 vials of blood. Mm. Oh so she was like, I'm going to check on everything possible. Um, I, I've always felt like I had low progesterone. So my levels were acceptable, but they were kind of more toward the low side. Mm -hmm. So we decided to do that. Um, what else did she, she tested for everything. So she was like, I think this is where the problem is. So I, I had tested myself and I was like, oh, this is not a problem. Um, it's something called MTHFR. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard of it. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a genetic, it is a, a, a genetic thing where you, so I'm, uh, I'm compound heterozygous, so I'm a carrier for each of the, I forget, now I'm drawing a blank. There's like two <laughs> to three different components of it, and I am mm -hmm. a carrier, or I have the, uh, I am the, the dominant with a carrier, like for all of them. So mm -hmm. t t technically I don't have it, but together it is a problem. So, but I'm talking to her and I'm like, oh yeah, I already know I have this. And she's like, well, this is where your problem is. And I was like, oh, I was like, I thought, you know, because I didn't, like openly have it, it, it wasn't a problem. And she's like, no, this is your problem. So, mm. um, my clotting factors were not enough to be a problem, but they were just very, very, very slightly elevated. So I was mm -hmm. like micro clotting. Okay. So I had to go on uh, baby aspirin like once a day. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, of course my, my husband who, who doesn't listen, I was like, well, we can't get pregnant right now. Let the blood work go through. And then he's like, oops. And I was like, oh my God, for real? So I got pregnant on the first try again. Um, as I was getting my blood re results back, I went on the, the progesterone just in case. And 
the baby aspirin. And so that's now we have my son. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I'm always like, oh, my goodness, like I, I get pregnant on the first try every time. But it just doesn't it doesn't stick. So but these but these problems weren't a problem before. Uh, it's just something that either I think happens as, as time goes on, having my daughter could have offset these genes to be more active too, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I have them, but genes turn on and off. So, uh, it, the hormones with pregnancy are hard. It could have spiked something from that right. or something in the environment, you know, something else that's happening to my body. Um, my pregnancy was considered okay with my son, but I ended up having gestational diabetes mm, with him. Mm-hmm. There's a lot linked uh, with things like aspirin and progesterone to triggering something like that with the mm. placenta development. Yeah. Um, I had it just, I said I was going to be like that too. I had it just enough to be annoying where <laughs> like if I, I could eat pretty much most things, but if I ate something just a little bit off, you know, then that's where the problem was. Right. So, so, um, I did the monitor, the monitoring for that. Um, I had zero risk factors for gestational diabetes, except for my grandpa had it like at the end of his life. Like that was mm-hmm. the only thing that they could find is like that genetic component. But, um, you know, it's been an important part of my life, like the MTHFR, because in it does affect fertility for a lot of people. But then uh, just for like normal life activities, for most people, it affects like your detox pathways, like how your body is processing things that aren't supposed to be in your body out. So I learned more about myself, like I need to help my body detox. Um, but I went from being able to get pregnant and have a really healthy pregnancy to having something like multiple miscarriages. So um, I think in general, there's a lack of support for Mm -hmm. things like miscarriages and even like postpartum. That that drives me so crazy. Like um, you get like a one six week checkup uh, and that's it. And you're kind of just left on your own with this like big open bleeding wound. And I was like, if this was any other surgery, like there would definitely be more checkups. So um, because of the clotting and because of like the blood issues and things, um, I had decided not to do something like a home birth. And I did a hospital birth with my midwife again. Um, It was just as good for me, but it's still that like Western medicine component that you know, I'm not going to see her again until six weeks with home right. births. They do a lot of checks. So, mm-hmm. um, but there's just not, uh, like a, I felt like there's not support after for postpartum things, you know, and mm-hmm. then, but definitely like the miscarriages for me was like that huge missing piece. I have an extremely supportive network of friends and family, mm-hmm. um, really, really supportive. Um, I can't great. say anything negative about any of them, That's but wonderful. I have never felt more alone like in my entire life because nobody understood. And then because I feel like it's such like a taboo, like hidden topic mm-hmm. um, because people would be like, Oh, yeah, I've had one of those. And I was like, well, I had no idea. You've never mentioned it before. Right. Um, but I, I felt myself like being open uh, to talking about things. Uh, and the responses back were just really hard to relate to. Um, like when you're going through that grieving process, uh, people just are so uncomfortable. They don't know what to say to you. Absolutely. It's a very like hush to me. In society, it's a very like hushed and covered topic, miscarriages. Agreed. And so I'm always very open. So I had no problem sharing my experience, my journey uh, with people. 
but it was really like disappointing the reactions and the things people would say to me back like I'd be like, oh, I, I lost another BB, and they'd be like, well, at least you can get pregnant. And yeah. I was like, I'm grieving. Like, that's not the right thing to I say. I completely understand. It's really just infertility is a very tough topic, I think, for people because they feel so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the response is, it's not that they're not supportive. It's just like that lack of understanding and yes. like compassion around that area. So. I ended up turning to a lot of online support groups of like women who had been through the same experience as me, um, you know, because they're having a similar experience, they're having similar feelings. Um, I really didn't have anybody in real life who had gone through something like that mm-hmm. or who was kind of like filling that su- the support void that I was having around right. that. So, um, yeah, I relate really well to other people. I love my friends and family, but I just like have never felt so alone before. Like it, it's such a it's such a strange ex- experience to go through and especially having to go through it like multiple times, you know? Oh yeah. And so it's really to me it was really important to do a lot of like feelings processing and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um for things like medically we look at like uh, a lot of blood loss happening with that even if it was almost like a, a delayed heavy period, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I remember like after I think my second miscarriage like I was having panic attacks like during my exams mm. in school. And I've never had a panic attack before in my life. So is it the trauma or is it like the actual blood loss that triggers something like that happening, you know, as a cause? Um, it was just really, really hard to navigate all of those feelings and move around them. So definitely, like the, the personal healing, you know, of your feelings and emotions and things like that to get to a place where I'm comfortable to talk about it now and those right. negative feelings aren't coming back. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to have my son. I feel like he was the person that I was supposed to get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I just remember that being like a very hard time, especially because I had, I was really healthy and I had just had my daughter a few years prior and, and things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've experienced both, both sides of that spectrum. Very easy to get pregnant, very healthy pregnancy. And then the next time, not so much. So. Right. I mean, it's, it's, First, I just want to thank you so much for sharing that story with me today because that's that's a very complicated experience to go through. Uh, and, and, you know, something that I think a lot of people – well, there's a couple of things I want to sort of touch on real quick. I think a lot of the time when people hear miscarriage, they don't really understand – multiple miscarriages are an extremely difficult experience to go through. And something that I really think people miss is, you just said it, the grief that comes along with a miscarriage. There's a grief process that you have to go through. And people, I I somehow feel like people don't get that. Mm -hmm. They don't understand, especially if they haven't gone through a miscarriage. And they don't have the experience to relate so I just I just want to emphasize that going through miscarriage is very complicated and it's different for everybody you know I experienced a miscarriage in my pregnancy with my my twins they had a sibling in there with them Mm -hmm. and I we lost that third baby and it's complicated because it's not a typical pregnancy you know and people would say things to me like well you still have two more healthy babies in there and like it's like you said, it's a very similar response to, well, at least you can get pregnant. Yep. And that is a very difficult thing to hear because 
you're grieving and people don't know how to process when someone else is grieving. When they're going through it, it's different. But when someone else is, it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. And I feel so strongly that that's something we all need to talk about more, especially surrounding miscarriages, because they're a very real issue for a lot of people. It's so much more common than people think, but it's not talked about. It's just this taboo subject, and I don't understand why. I'll never understand why. So thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. I think our listeners appreciate that, too, because it is a very sensitive subject. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, because I kind of, you know, in hearing you talk about all this, I'm wondering here, I know that there's another aspect to your professional life. And that is life coaching. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that because I, well, my gut tells me this is all related. And I want to hear from you, um, you know, a little bit about what life coaching is for you, what your goals are with life coaching and how that relates to oriental medicine, how that relates to your personal experiences as a mother, as someone who went through, uh, you know, infertility. You know, I'm I'm really interested in coaching in general you know that's some that's part of my profession but it's it's part of I'm not I'm not articulating my thoughts here very well (laughs) but I am very curious I'd really love to hear how life coaching is affecting your life and your goals professionally yeah so um I met my best friend in uh Oriental Medicine School, um, we decided that we would open like an in-person clinic together. So she's already licensed and she's uh, doing that. But I just felt like something else was like missing. And so uh, while we were in school, she had developed rheumatoid arthritis um, from a dirty needle Mm. stick. So um, somebody had left a needle in the uh, electrostimulation machine and she had gotten pricked by it. So the protocol is to get the Hep B vaccine because it's it retroactivates like you can use it even after, and it set off mm-hmm. this huge autoimmune flare for her. So she got rheumatoid arthritis really severely, um, and so that was really hard because she thought maybe she wouldn't get to needle again with her hands swelling and things like that. So she spent like two to three years um, doing natural things, and so she's in remission now. But hers was very diet based, and then for me. My my experience with the fibromyalgia healing was a lot of stress management and mindset work. Like mm-hmm. I could eat, I can eat better. It helps me feel better in certain aspects. But what was really setting off my flares was stress, um, stressful events, mm-hmm. things like that. So uh, we kind of talked about it all the time that the acupuncture is amazing and the herbs are amazing, but there's a lot of work that people need to do at home. And so we're not having yeah. those chances to talk with them that much because the time's just not there for that. And so um, I didn't, this is, I talk about this all the time. This is why I'm so into like life path stuff now, because I think it's so crazy, like the decisions you make and where it takes mm-hmm. you. And so I did another blind leap. <laughs> um, I love hearing I that. Was, I think that is so wonderful. It's really, it's really, really cool. So um I kept looking at all these programs because I was like, I just felt like something in my life was really missing and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know what I was looking for. Um, But I was like, Sarah, we need to be doing something else too. And I would like watch like three to four webinars and like, like just things like videos of people. And I was just looking for like, I guess an additional program, even though I have a lot on my plate already. You sound like me. (laughs) Um, 
And I was like, what is it that I'm missing? And so I joined this five-day workshop um, for a high-level coach who works with holistic professionals and helps them take their business online. Um, and it was the best workshop I've ever attended. And I was like, we need to join this program. Like, this is what I need to do. And it was such a weird time because um, my husband was on furlough for like the four months when the pandemic had first started and it got shut down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to join this program uh, while he's on furlough, even though I knew he would have said yes, I didn't <laughs> ask him. And so I waited and the next workshop came around and I was like, Sarah, I'm like, this is so weird. I'm like, but I was like, I feel so called to this. Like I need to do it. Um, and so we ended up joining it together. Oh, nice. Um, we did like a partnership account and we're doing this program. It's a year long program. Um, we just finished our certification to be like holistic life coaches. Um, but we had joined the program with, I guess, the intention of helping a lot of women with chronic illness healing, mm -hmm. like through holistic methods. Well, when we joined the program, probably like October or November, um, they do a lot of like spiritual things too. And so I'm just not a very religious person mm -hmm. and neither is Sarah. Um, but zero, both of us had like zero spirituality at all. I didn't even know what it meant. And so we went through a, a lot through this program. Um, you know, Sarah's had a, a, a difficult childhood. She's done a lot of trauma healing, just a bunch of things, I, I guess, that were missing from our life that we didn't know we were missing. Mm -hmm. And so when I asked to join the program, you know, my husband was like, I think that, you know, even if you don't do anything with this, I think for personal development, this is amazing. And he's like, and I really can't wait to watch you help a lot of people. And so uh, it's just been this continuously like evolving thing that we went into it and we're like, we're going to help women chronic heal their chronic illness. And then like talking to a bunch of women, um, doing interviews, like realizing that it wasn't really the chronic illness that people were relating to. It was where they wanted to be with their mm. life and what they want their life and their quality improvement and things like that. So now we're putting together like a, a program that's focusing more on, um, well, our Facebook group is reaching full potential through holistic healing. So we do a training every week and we do a lot of like health related topics. Mm -hmm. So this week we did grounding, which I don't even do and I didn't know about. And I think it's the coolest thing ever now. <laughs> so I'm learning a lot as we, everything we do, I'm learning a lot, but um, we're putting together a, a program now that's fo that focuses um, on things that you can do at home to work on your healing. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that's a lot of the chronic conditions, that's where a lot of the success comes from. Yeah, sure. In addition with partnering with different fields, you know, like acupuncture, mm -hmm. um, but we're really working on like, we didn't realize how much mindset shift changing we had done. We had started off with a lot of things like very like affirmations and, and positive thinking, you know? Um, and then we started getting really into like manifestation and having that really high vibe, positive energy, what you're attracting. Mm -hmm. Um, and things like that. And then so every day we just go down these rabbit holes of new things <laughs> that we can we can learn uh, and expand on. Um, and it's just been like the craziest journey. But I feel so fulfilled in my life and I didn't know it was missing. Oh, and so, so awesome. I've had lifelong anxiety and it's gotten so much better with um, like natural medicine, mm -hmm. you know. But through this program, I've really addressed like the root of what my mindset looks like around that and then you know like aligning with my life purpose now um and my anxiety is like gone i have no anxiety anymore wow. in my whole life everything i've done i've had like glimmers of hope of not having anxiety mm -hmm. 
And now I'm finally at a point where I, I just have none. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I didn't think, you know, I thought it would come from that holistic healing aspect of acupuncture and herbs and everything else. And it's really just transformed. Um, and it's been all of the mindset shifts that I've made, how I think about my day, how I think about things happening to mm-hmm. me. Um, really learning to just go with the flow of my life. Um, I know one of the things um, I was looking at for, for questions we might go over today would be something, um, what was it? I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but I'm like, I've been such a like difficult, high-strung person my whole life, mm-hmm. you know, very driven by goals, very type A personality. And I've kind of, oh, that's what it was. Balancing family life and professional life, Mm. my kids. Um, I've kind of just like had to accept setbacks of things, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, things like pregnancy, but even like professionally. So with the pandemic, um, my last exam has been kind of slowed down. Now um, we're moving in like a week. Um, The packing has to take priority. So I've like delayed studying for my exam. And I'm always like, rush, 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 rush. My husband's like, you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. Like, does it really matter if it's happening right now or it happens in a few months? And I was like, oh, that's such a good way to look at it. <laughs> it really is. It's very. My husband is like, my husband is always like the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll say something and he'll be like, I feel like I said this to you a few months ago. <laughs> I totally understand that. That sounds just like my husband. <laughs> but for me, it's like, I've like fully accepted like how my life is going. I've been okay and finally accepted like things aren't happening at the pace I want them to um you know it causes so much frustration where I had my daughter in the program and I thought I was going to finish a lot earlier than I did Mm -hmm. and um that process just got delayed like I could have really crammed it in like in four years Um, but I took five and a half and so it was just it's just like enjoying your life as it's happening and then now I'm just like so excited by like life path things like, um, you know, Sarah and I just started ac- accidentally life coaching people. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize we were doing it. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I think we're doing this. Um, we're just like helping people make these tr- drastic radical decisions with their life, like job changes, moves. Um, so I'm having these like one off conversations with people and then they're completely changing in their life. So that's so um, awesome. I got in trouble because my old neighbor um, did a, she was running a preschool and that's where my daughter had went and she sat down one day and she was like, I, I want to do something else, um, you know, but it's hard because it makes good money. Like everyone else thinks it's a great idea, but like my heart's not in it anymore. I'm like, you need to follow your dreams. Like you should do it. So my husband's like, now my son has no preschool to go to. <laughs> he's like, because you, he's like, you have what? to, he was like, you have to, he's like, you have to stop talking to people. Like, um, oh, that's funny. But like all these conversations, um, we were having like the one-off conversations and people are doing these drastic things. So uh, it's a constant struggle for us because we're like, what are we actually doing? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you can't just set up a coaching program and say like, hey, when you talk to me, like, I'll help you change things. Right, right. Um, because it's not very specific. So it's a constant process of trying to figure out what we're offering and what we want to do. And then just kind of just going with the flow. So like I said, we originally started with like chronic illness management for women. Women don't want to talk about chronic illness. Um, 
no one was relating to identifying they even had a chronic issue. Mm. So now we've pivoted to focusing on like, what does the future look like? How can we get there? Right. Like, what what does that look like? So um, I hope that answers the it question. It really does, though. That And that's <laughs> I, really cool. Okay, I feel like I have all these like long stories. Oh, like, that's oh, I have to tell. Listen, you're preaching to the choir. Um, I am the queen of long stories. And I genuinely yeah. <laughs> mean that. Sh- that should be my title in life. So, but but sometimes <laughs> long the long involved stories are the best ones because it's really awesome to hear how you got to where you are now and how that evolution, if you will, has has happened for you in what your goals were and how your goals have evolved into something related but a little bit different. And I think that's really neat. And I think that's something really important for women in particular to hear that you you know, you don't have to stick with your plan. You can have goals and sometimes you will reach those goals and other times you'll reach them while reaching a different goal that you didn't know you had or that goal isn't really the goal you thought it was or wasn't the goal you needed and it go what am I trying to say? Reaching for that goal takes you in a different direction. I know that happens for me all the time. So it's actually really cool to hear that and I really like hearing the long stories. So that's no problem here. I'm enjoying your stories. I think they're great. Um, So I think I would really love to switch and kind of talk some fun stuff here. Um, You know, I always I always ask my guests a few of these questions are my standard questions that I ask everybody because everybody has different answers and everybody looks at these questions, these particular questions in such a unique way. And it's really fun for me and hopefully for our listeners to hear you know, how unique we each are. So here are my two questions. They're similar, but different. I'm going to give you both. And then you take your time answering them and you can answer them in any order. And so I'll give you the first one is if you could have drinks or food or hangout or whatever, dinner party, whatever works for you with three people, dead or alive, fictional or real, who would they be and why? It is important to mention I am very flexible with this question. These do not have to be humans. They can be animated. They can be Muppets. They can be whatever you want. Three, so I should probably change that from three people to three individuals or something. Um, That's question number one. And question number two, which sometimes these are the same three people and sometimes they're not. Who are three people who have had the most influence on you? So take your time. These, like I said, they're similar questions, but they're different. Um, answer them however however works for you. The floor is yours. Okay. I would love to sit down and chat with Joe Depenza. I think he's amazing. Um, everything he posts on Instagram, I'm like, this is my life. <laughs> so good. His... Um, he has such a scientific way of approaching like manifestation, like how your mind processes, how things are forming the future and the past. Uh, and I think he does a really great job with mindset work to help people heal. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely like to sit and have some lunch with him. Cause he's a really interesting man. Awesome. And then I really want to hang out with Dave Ramsey. I am a huge, huge, huge budget nerd. <laughs> um, I love him. He's so blunt uh, because I'm so blunt, like I'm always like, okay, like be nice. Like, don't, you can't, you can't sugarcoat this, but like comes out a little bit blunt sometimes. Yeah. Um, and he's totally like that. And I think people just need to hear it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I love his money philosophy. I love the way that, uh, 
he classifies needs versus wants for people so they really are able to get on their budget and achieve their goals and so and he's super super funny so <laughs> i would definitely like to eat lunch with him mm -hmm. and then uh i would like to eat lunch with my grandma so I didn't have a really, really strong connection with my grandma while she was alive. But after she's passed, I've had things where, like, um, I got her sewing machine cabinet again. Mm. I think I've seen her, like, um, in my dreams before. So I feel like, I guess, more of, like, a spiritual connection with her after she's passed. So I'd like to talk to her again and just see her anyway, you know? Yeah. But the three most influential people in my life have been my mom. So my mom is really kind. Um, she's the most like giving person I know. So I feel like through tough times in my life where you can tend to be more like reserved and like selfish and just like go into yourself. I think she really encourages like that positivity and that giving attitude. And I think she's really helped keep me on, on track and have a good work ethic. And, and she tends to be more realistic too. Cause mm -hmm. I'll be like, mom blah 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 about something and she'll be like erica no <laughs> uh she kind of sets me straight so um uh, she's just a really great friend great grandma great mom so um she's been there with me my whole life and she's been wonderful so that's awesome the other person that's really influenced me has been sarah so i talked about sarah she uh is my best friend and then uh, my business partner now and so we're just on the same page for everything business related her and I talk all day long <laughs> um, awesome. she's really just like we talk about all the time like she is like my soulmate best friend she's like that person that I've been looking for my whole life yeah. um, everything just like meshes really well together and um, she's just so inspiring to me through her healing journey and um, the way that she helps people she's really a giving person too mm -hmm. um, she's got a really kind soul and so uh she's extremely extremely smart too so i love reaching out to her and um so we have a lot of fun together like just personally and professionally but it's bad because i'm like oh my god i'm so antisocial now because i so <laughs> i feel so fulfilled with our friendship I that like you. i'm open to having more friends but like i feel so fulfilled that she she meets everything that i need to have in a friend so yeah. um I, get it. I was like, I don't really need other friends. And then my mom's <laughs> like, that's horrible. You need to make more friends. <laughs> that's um, really funny. It's, I was like, oh, no. I've become so antisocial now. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. When you find those people who are so meaningful to you, sometimes it happens. I get it. I totally get it. And then the third person has been my husband. So my husband is just so supportive um, of me through life, everything that's happened. You know, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia while we were dating, and I was so thankful for that, not because I expected anything bad from him, but it was very common. I joined a fibromyalgia support group here where, like, the husband's almost, like, abandoned you or, mm. like, you know, the divorce rate with a chronic illness goes from, like, 50% to 75%. Oh like, it's really hard to have someone be there for you through those really, really tough times. Mm -hmm. um, and my husband's always just been there, like, cheering me on, supporting me with my dreams and goals, you know? That's when I went for the ask for the program, you know, it was a lot of money. And so I was so afraid to ask him. And he was like, I almost kind of insulted you, like felt bad for asking me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's, it's not that, you know, like, um, 
we spend the money equally. It's not that, but you got to run big purchases Absolutely. by each other. So, but I was like, I'm going to sound like a crazy person because <laughs> I was like, he's like, why do you need to do this? Like you already have a career and it's like this unexplainable feeling. And then I'm like, I just, my soul feels so called to it. Like, I don't know why I just feel like I have to do this. Yeah. And so, um, you know, he was like, well, that's a good enough answer for me then. So, <laughs> He's just always really supportive. And then I feel like I was way more difficult at the beginning of our relationship. Like I am so strong-willed. I like to have my way. Um, you know, I'm like a very kind person, but I'm a cancer and I'm like so emotional, mm -hmm. my emotions. And then I'm like a crazy Italian person from the East Coast. So <laughs> I, I feel so like not like explosive but like sarcastic and I just have like a very outward personality and my husband is very like calm reserved collected yeah. um so I feel like over the years he's just kind of rubbed off on me in that way that like he's so much more easygoing than I am about mm -hmm. a lot of things so I feel like he's taught me uh how to be like a good partner in a relationship how to be like supportive you know yeah. I'm I tend to be the one to react where I'm like I'll never speak to that person again and my husband's like no you will like <laughs> um, it'll be okay yeah he's, uh, he's just definitely more easygoing than I am so I feel like he's helped me just develop through our relationship you know and he's definitely been the person supporting me for all of my career goals and you know anything weird I bring up he's totally into mm -hmm. um now we're like we're, we're like super hysterical about it because uh, like anything new that would come up. So when I first started school, it was um, like essential oils. And he was like, these don't work. And I was like, of course they work. Like there's so much science behind them, the way that they absorb into the skin, the way they react with the cells. Like you can't really deny that they don't work because they're scientific proof and other people think that they do work. So um, we applied them to my daughter one night when she was crying and she just immediately stopped crying. And mm. so from that day on, it's been like an accepted period. But anytime I bring up something new, um or strange you know he's mm -hmm. totally just really supportive and on board um because there are some weird things that get brought up in alternative medicines you know mm -hmm. and now that we're getting more into like a spiritual path like there's some really weird stuff and so I'm like I love trying everything once you know yeah I think it's fun like if there's no side effects like why not you know uh you don't know what you like until you try it why not give everything a shot so uh he's like always very skeptical but he's always extremely supportive and he always tries everything too so that's cool. um it's made for a really good marriage but yeah. i think he's definitely like my levels me out he's my grounding like every time he says something i said that before he'll be like i feel like i said this a few months ago i'm like yeah i think you did <laughs> but someone else said it so it sounds better it, you know you know i can relate to that because my husband will say to me didn't I say that to you? I remember saying that to you. I probably recorded myself saying that to you. And he'll be like, someone else said it. That's why, right? And I'll be like, yes, that's exactly why. <laughs> I can totally 100% relate to that. But that's just so awesome. That just is that wonderful relationship that I just, I love hearing about. Yeah. So my last question for you, and this is mm -hmm. one of my favorites do you have a nickname? And let me tell you why I ask people this, because it's such a random question. I find people fall usually into two categories. They love nicknames. They hate nicknames. And sometimes people have a lot of nicknames and they don't like nicknames. So it's just a fun thing for me. I'm always curious. 
Do you have a nickname? I do not have a nickname for my name. So my name is Erica. I think growing up, uh, like sometimes my parents would call me Er, but like not really. But as I got into working, my nickname was the Hammer because <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, I'm so small. I'm like in real life, I am five foot, but oh, I really like to get stuff done and I execute really well. So when I first graduated my undergrad of, I did a general business degree. Uh, I decided to do an internship with Target with their management training program. Hmm. Uh, and so I did that uh, for for a while. And my nickname at work was like the hammer because I really just cracked down on everything. And mm -hmm. I was so kind and like compassionate, but like my stuff got done. So um, <laughs> now that Sarah found out about it, so now she calls me the hammer all the time too. She'll be like the hammer, it. get it done. Like, I love it. <laughs> I think that's the best nickname I've heard in a really long time. The hammer. It, yeah. That's it's fantastic. really, it's really fitting because I, she's like she's like get it done and i'm like i am a soft hammer now like i have gone on this like developmental journey of myself you know mm -hmm. and i was like i am a soft hammer she's like you do it <laughs> i love that that is so funny especially the way you said now that she found out about it that's great it sounds like you guys have such back. a great relationship and partnership and yeah you know that's such an important thing and it's so unique to have that with your best friend and I think that's really, really cool to be able to have your best friend be your business partner. So good for you. Sorry, I know we're talking yeah. about nicknames, but no, it's I've just okay. I've heard you talking it's... about her in our conversation today. And I think that's a really, really awesome thing. And I want to use the word special. I use that word so much these days, but that is something really special. And I, I just think that's great. So I just wanted to to say that to you, the hammer. That I think Thank that's you. really cool. <laughs> um, so tell me where our listeners can connect with you and learn more about you and what you do. Yeah, so um, we're still working on like setting up and forming a lot. Um, but right now we're most active in our Facebook group. So it's called Reaching Full Potential Through Holistic Healing. So once a week we do um, like a free live training. This week was the first week we figured out how to stream together. Oh, nice. We can both talk. Um, and we just do various topics on um, trainings we want to do. So we actually planned out for the month of May coming up, we're doing an entire series on sleeping. Mm, um, so we have four important. weeks dedicated to different approaches and, and ways holistically to do better sleep. And then we just thought it would be fun. We're putting together like a big bundle that we're going to give away to with like natural products that we like. Um, we just thought it'd be fun. That <laughs> sounds fun. And sleep is yeah. so important. I mean, my goodness. It is. And none of us get enough sleep as it is. Nope. So that's that's super, super cool. I love it. Um, I wrote it down. Was it Reaching Full Potential Through Holistic Healing? Yep. Awesome. And that's your Facebook group, right? Yeah, we're just, we run everything through there. Um, it's just been easier. And so we're Facebook's still like, so great. we're so slow, like putting together a coaching program because we're just like going on these like personal journeys ourselves so mm -hmm. I can relate to that <laughs> the constant the constant change <laughs> I love it that's life right it, it is, is it is a constant journey and I think that's awesome Erica I just wanted to take a minute to thank you so much for being on the show and talking with me today you have so many awesome things that you do and you have so much 
experience um, professionally, personally. You have so much knowledge and you can hear it the way you talk about it, how excited and passionate you are about all of these things that you do. So I wanted to thank you so much for sharing all of this. And again, on a personal note, I really wanted to thank you for sharing about your experience with your miscarriages. That's such a, a sensitive topic. And so I want to thank you for, for taking the time to talk about that today. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I mean, I like everyone likes talking about themselves, right? But <laughs> we do. <laughs> I, you know, my my true passion in life is really just helping people. So, um, you know, Sarah and I are constantly we say it all the time, like dishing out free information. Like I just want everyone to have everything that they want and need to make changes in their life. And so, um, if anybody is listening, like it just helps them feel heard, you know, with multiple miscarriages or uh, piques an interest in looking into something alternative, you know, then I'm, I'm really happy to be able to contribute to that. Mm -hmm.